Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so let's meet my first guest of the afternoon, Nicole Newlis. Nicole, how are you? I'm good. How are you, AJ? Doing just fine. Now, this is not your first time in the hot seat. You have been on uh, Beat My Guest Proper, uh, and and you're willing to come back, so thank you so much. Why don't you tell you everyone? You didn't scare me away. Yeah. Uh, oh, could you remind everyone, though, a little bit about who you are, what you do, why you do the things you do, and all that good stuff? Sure. My name is Nicole Newlist. I live in Chicago, Illinois. This will obviously be coming out after we record this, but it's Geek Bowl week, so I'm excited. All of the quizzers are descending on my city, and it is absolutely delightful. And what I do, I write about horse racing. I have, if you're a freelancer, you know how it goes. The different clients, different things, keeping a lot of balls in the air. But fortunately, they all have to do with horses running around in circles and it's delightful. You say you keep a lot of balls in the air. Is, is it true that when horses run, all four hooves are in the air at the same time? Or is that just one of those urban myths? No, it's not an urban myth. I've got plenty of pictures that I've used with my articles that have horses going four off the floor. And it's always kind of fun to capture pictures of racehorses with all four hooves off the ground. When they're, when they're in a run, it actually happens. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to have you back. And of course, you're not here alone. Nay, nay, you are going to have to beat my other guest. Let's meet my other guest now, uh, Sean Klein. Welcome to the hot seat. Thank you. It's uh, good to finally be here. Uh, why don't you tell uh, everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, hopefully your answer is a little bit different because otherwise I'll be very creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm uh, Sean Klein. I'm from Hull, Michigan. Uh, I work in a grocery store, which is not the most gl glamorous job, but I don't mind it. Uh, I am not good at introductions. <laughs> um, that's okay that's okay you know uh you are uh, a trivia fan i assume what 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 are maybe one of your favorite subjects that you're hoping for uh here today probably my uh best subjects tend to lead at and lean academic uh probably science but as far as pop culture goes not pop music <laughs> okay very good very good well i think uh, perhaps this first category that we're going to get to will uh fall into that sweet spot in between academics and pop culture maybe maybe not certainly will not be music related i can promise you that uh let me just explain what's going on here uh nicole will be battling out with sean in a head-to-head -head competition here two rounds 10 questions each each question will be worth one point. If you get it wrong, your opponent will have a chance to steal that point from you. Also, in round one, there will be one bonus question, which will be worth an extra point. It's really that simple. Ten questions in Category 1. Uh, category 1 today, folks. I'm calling Robot Roll Call. It is ten descriptions of pop culture robots or automatons or cyborgs, things of that nature. I'm going to give you the description of said robot. All you have to do is give me the name of the robot. Easy peasy. Even a robot could do it. Uh, <laughs> Nicole, since you uh, have been in the hot seat before, I will let you kick things off. Uh, pick a number from 1 through 10, and we'll get this show started. 
All right, the horse on my computer background is wearing the number five, so I'll go with number five. Number five. Okay, good luck. Here is your robot to identify. Show how smart you are and name this co-worker of 86 and 99 as portrayed by Dick Gautier. Show how smart you are and name this co-worker of 86 and 99 Okay, if I knew who 8699 and Dick Gautier would be, I'd be off to the races. But <laughs> I don't, so I'm not. <laughs> I am dwelling at the start here. Show how smart you are. 8699 co-worker. The professor. I don't know. The Professor. Fine guess. Unfortunately not correct. Sean, uh, any chance you'll be able to steal this one? It, it's Get Smart, and I haven't seen the show in forever, and I cannot remember this guy's name. Um, uh, it's in there somewhere. Um, I am just not coming up with it. I don't even have a reasonable guess. Yeah, no, I don't have an answer. That's all right. That's all right. This was a hard one. This was, Some of these are hard. That's why I ask you to pick them randomly. That's what's yeah. kind of cool about it. You never know who's going to get the easy ones, who's going to get the layups, who's going to get the tough ones. Uh, you are absolutely correct, though, that the, the show How Smart You Are was hinting that this was Get Smart. Uh, agents 86 and 99 were two of the agents in the, the spy world created by uh, Buck Henry, uh, recently passed Buck Henry, rest in peace, and uh, Mel Brooks. Dick Gautier played a... Uh, spy who was originally created by the evil uh, chaos agency and then was uh, kind of uh, decided to fight for the forces of good uh, instead and he was Jaime the robot I was never going to pull that out of the air yeah yeah Jaime the robot a little bit of the Mel Brooks influence there for that one uh, no worries still plenty of questions left Sean you are able to pick the next category uh, number five off the board everything else fair game what number would you like uh, seven, please. Seven it is. And here is your question. I actually wonder an awful lot how the television show Small Wonder lasted for four seasons. What was the name of the robot who appeared in the form of a ten-year-old girl? This is a show that I am aware of but have never seen. I'm sure I've heard this character's name before, and it's just a matter of coming up with it. Um... Fairly certain this is wrong, but let's go with Christina. Christina is not correct. Nicole, would you uh, potentially have a steal here? I am in the same boat as Sean. I know Small Wonder is a thing. I know Small Wonder is a show with a robot girl in it. I've never seen the show. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, Tina... Tina, which would which would actually be shortened of form of Christina. So uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize that when I said it, but you're right. Yeah, you know it's uh, this show is awful. <laughs> Let's just come right out and say this show is awful. I I am stunned that this was a show that actually lasted four seasons, almost a hundred episodes, uh, and uh, basically a guy works for a company that's trying to create. Uh, some sort of androids, uh, but he kept one uh, and decided to raise it as his own child. 
it was the voice input child identicant, aka Vicky. Vicky. It did not take place in Barcelona, so it was not Vicky Cristina Barcelona, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this, if if you go back and I did an episode on very special episodes of television shows a while back. Uh, if you go back in the archives, uh, there's a very interesting episode of Small Wonder where there was a missing child at the school uh, where Vicky goes, and uh, it involves some shenanigans that result in basically them saying, "Oh well, she's kidnapped. Who cares?" <laughs> yeah. I knew it was at least some kind of name that was a cromulent human name. Didn't know what it stood for, obviously, but I've, yeah, that was as far as I could get. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, you know, all good. Uh, still plenty of questions left. One of, one of you is going to, I'm sure, capture some points before we're done here. Nicole, you are up. What number would you like? Schoolhouse Rock said three was a magic number, so let's do three. Three is a magic number, and pew, 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 you have gotten the bonus question as well so if you can get this right there's also a bonus point available for you let's see how it goes in a different role in which he sees dead people what is the name of Haley Joel Osment's humanoid robot character in the movie AI again aware of AI being a thing never seen the movie humanoid robot character in AI, so I'm going to guess that the name is at least vaguely humanoid. And... Haley Joel Osment's humanoid robot character in AI. Bruce. Bruce, a very uh, interesting guess there. Uh, not correct. Sean, can you steal? Uh, same situation. I'm aware of the movie, have not seen it. Um, I'm going to just pick a name and go with Jack. Jack. Uh, both of those are incorrect. Haley Joel Osment's character in this film is David. Uh, you still get a chance at the bonus question, however, even though you did not get it right, Nicole. Here it is. Uh, in AI, who plays Gigolo Joe, a male sex worker robot on the run? <laughs> Again, it would probably help if I had seen... AI. <laughs> Who plays Gigolo Joe? <sighs> Mark Wahlberg. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Mark Wahlberg. Sean, a potential steal on this one, perhaps? Uh, I don't know how I would get this without having seen it. Um, just name an actor, I guess. Um, I don't like any of the choices that are coming to mind. This is very much wrong, but let's go with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Uh, you know, it, really, like you said, just name an actor that, yep. that, that that's really all you have to do here. You might have hit it uh, like shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, this was actually Jude Law. Jude an actor Law. I've heard of. Yeah. yeah. No, this was not a, this not super obscure. Uh, yeah, AI is not a good movie. Uh, I know a lot of people <laughs> like it. Uh, it had about uh, 16 different endings. It ends, and then it ends again, and it ends again, and then you you realize about halfway through that this is really just a crazy Stanley Kubrickian idea of his take on Pinocchio and it just it it goes on about an hour and a half too long uh, yeah there's a twist ending and it's it's oof, oh, oof, you oh. say you hated 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 that movie um <laughs> Roger that all right let us move on Sean I believe it is your turn to pick a category 
the Eye of Horus, please. Wait, sorry, wrong show. Uh, <laughs> I will take two. I appreciate it. Uh, number two, you said, bling, it is our music category. Oh, no, wait, again. Same wrong show. I'm sorry. Um, uh, number two, here it is. In short circuit, Ali Sheedy becomes the love interest of who? Uh, partially named after a conveniently placed song from the soundtrack playing on a radio. No, I've not seen Short Circuit, but the only robot name I associate with that film is Johnny Five. Johnny Five, number five, is he live? That is correct. Johnny Five is the correct answer. Uh, he is the uh, fifth robot in a series and the only one who uh, manages to gain sentience. Uh, and Ali Sheedy is uh, in her car and conveniently just it just so happens that uh, DeBarge's Who's Johnny is playing on the radio and number five says that's my name Johnny Five Johnny Five <laughs> what a coincidence possibly possibly one of the last uh, the last of the era of true uh, white actors playing uh, roles of ethnicity uh, without any repercussions I, I think that era was less uh, Fisher Stevens plays an Indian gentleman in this film I am standing here beside myself uh, it's oh, very it's dear. the of it all you know, at the time, you know, it wasn't necessarily uh, considered that bad. Uh, but, you know, in retrospect, yeesh. Uh, well done, Sean. You are on the board. You take the lead one to nothing. Nicole, you are up. I don't have anything cute to say, but for some reason, the number six is drawing my eye. So let's go with number six. Let us go with number six. Indeed, in the day the earth stood still. He would destroy the world unless you said the magic three-word phrase... Who was this robot? Again, have not seen this movie. I think I am to movie rounds like Sean is to music rounds. <laughs> Day the Earth stood still, unless he said the magic three-word phrase. I wonder if there's a way in for a magic three-word phrase. Of course, I'm only thinking of magic one- and two-word phrases, things like abracadabra and open sesame. Not any sort of help. Just because it might be a magic phrase to a vacuum cleaner or something, plug me in! I'm gonna go with Decker. <laughs> okay, that's wow. Uh, that is an interesting, interesting stream of consciousness there. I, I think I'm not gonna try and forward it any further there. Uh, no, Decker, not correct there. Uh, I'm gonna take my blade and run it over to Sean. Sean, uh, <laughs> do you have a guess here? I believe this three-word phrase was later used in a different film, if I if I have the three-word phrase correct in my head, and that would be Klaatu, Brada, Nikto. Nikto? Anyway, I believe the robot in question is Klaatu. Uh, indeed, the phrase in question is that uh, infamous phrase, Klaatu, Brada, Nikto, from the original. Uh, they, still, they used it again in the Keanu Reeves remake uh, more recently, and it has kind of been used as the kind of go-to alien joke. Uh, many films have used it as some sort of uh, sly wink and a nod to the original film. Unfortunately, it is also the bait answer because Klaatu is the name of the humanoid alien who is delivering the message to the robot. He is basically saying, uh, this message is from me, Klaatu, and uh, please don't destroy the world. Although the words Barada and Niktu are actually Russian and translate to beard nobody, so I don't, I don't know what he's really trying to say there. 
<laughs> I clad too. I'm trying to beard nobody. <laughs> Search your own Joe gear, I guess. Uh, but the robot is named Gort. Gort. The actual line from the original movie is Gort. Klaatu Baradonikto. Klaatu Baradonikto. Uh, cannot give you the points there, but well remembered, at least on uh, the uh, details and the phrase. Uh, Sean, you are up. What number would you like? Uh, let's go with eight. Eight it is. Tommy Shaw encounters what character in a museum in the film Kilroy Was Here? Well, ironically, the only reference I have for Kilroy was here outside of World War II is Sticks. So I'm going to go with Mr. Roboto. You know, you said you didn't want any music questions. <laughs> and then you go around and get the music question right. Well done, Mr. Roboto is the answer. Uh, Sticks decided to shoot a short film called Kilroy Was Here that they played while their concert was going on. Uh, and uh, in it, uh, Tommy Shaw plays a guy who goes into the uh, abandoned rock museum and encounters Dennis DeYoung portraying a character named Kilroy, who is actually an evil robot. Uh, and then they sing, you know, Mr. Roboto and act it out on stage. Um, there's, there's, there's a lovely line of dialogue. But Mr. Roboto, what about the children of the Earth? It's, it's awful. Tommy Shaw hated it, and it's in large part why he ended up leaving the band eventually, because... Dennis wanted to do crap like this. I knew there was some weirdness with Sticks and Mr. Roboto. I did not realize it got quite that weird. Oh, oh, indeed. I think you can find some old VHS copies having been uploaded to YouTube. It's well worth uh, the the browse. I wouldn't watch it straight through, but... Uh, ooh. <laughs> and may I add, ooh. Sean, another point for you. Well done. It is two to nothing. Still plenty of time for Nicole to get on the board, and no better time than the present to try and do that. We have one, four, nine, and ten remaining. We've got some squares left. I like squares. Let's go with the number nine. Yeah, I didn't know where you're going there. See, that's amazing because four was also a square. I didn't know which way you were going there. Uh, Someone's one. Yes. It, yes, indeed. Uh,. Stay out of it, 10. <laughs> Nicole, <laughs> here is your question. I'll be LMFAO if you can get the name of this dancing member of a band who performed at the Super Bowl in 2012. You'll be LMFAO if we get the dancing member of this band who performed at the Super Bowl in 2012. Let's see. I know LMFAO is a band dancing member dancing robot um not really thinking of bands associated with robots like i know i know gorillas was kind of this animated thing but i also think gorillas was earlier than 2012 <sighs> I know LMFAO is the band that did the Party Rock Anthem, although I don't know if that was actually the band who performed at the Super Bowl. Party Bot. Party Bot is not correct. Throwing it over to Sean for the steal. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a way into this question other than well-known Super Bowl dancers, and I'm sure this is wrong because they're not a robot, but Left Shark. 
Left Shark is a delightful wrong answer. I am very pleased. Uh, no, I don't believe that Left Shark was indeed a robot, but gosh, I hope somebody makes a Left Shark robot now. <laughs> you know, and one of the things, you know, a lot of people have their 15 minutes of fame and disappear. Where is Left Shark now? I want a VH1 behind the music immediately. <laughs> I would watch. I think everyone would watch. Nicole, you were very, very close to finding your way and stumbling into this. Uh, indeed, at the 2012 Super Bowl, uh, Madonna was the main performer, but she brought a few acts on with her, including LMFAO. Uh, and they performed their uh, hit, Party Rock Anthem. Uh, and if you remember the main uh, kind of uh, refrain from the song, Every day I'm shuffling, shuff, shuff, shuffling. They had a robot who shuffled, and he was called Shufflebot. Oh, wow! I was actually close to that. Very close. Yeah, you just it basically was just one of the one of the guys with the uh, one of the DJ, DJs for the band who had a cardboard box on his head, and but uh, he was the left shark of his generation. <laughs> My my brain always feels it, and I don't remember where on the internet I saw it, but I saw a Party Rock Anthem-based meme with some Sesame Street characters, and it said, Every day I'm snuffling. So I cannot think of that song without thinking of Snuffleupagus. Well, bird, you didn't get it right. <laughs> uh, Sean, you are up one, four, and ten. I will be nice and leave the squares. I will take ten. 10 it is let's see if your decision pays off it's another music question um <laughs> we'll see uh, if you ever hear tom york saying life don't talk to me about life he's probably quoting what literary automaton that would be marvin the paranoid android Marvin the Paranoid Android. Yeah, Tom York from Radiohead named uh, Paranoid Android the song after this character who uh, was from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Very depressed robot. Life. Don't talk to me about life. Marvin is indeed correct. Well done. Another point for you, Nicole. Last chance at first round redemption. Still plenty of game left. Fear not. Fear not. Uh, would you like the one or the four? Again, thank you for leaving the squares. The good news is no matter what you chose, I would have had at least one square left. I'll go with four. Or it is. Let's see if you can square the circle and bring home the correct answer here. Seiko. S-I-C-O. Was the name of the robot who appeared alongside actor Burt Young... In multiple scenes of what 1985 sequel? Seiko, Burt Young, 1985 sequel. Hmm. Well, unfortunately, I wasn't watching any sequels in 1985. I could blame that on the fact that I was a toddler, but on the other hand, I'm also not watching a lot of sequels today, so... <laughs> Seiko, Burt Young, sequel, 1985. Might be a little late for that, but 80s sequel, Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi. You know, they do's got a lots of uh, androids and uh, mechanical men uh, in, in the Star Wars universe. Unfortunately, not the correct answer. Sean, can you steal? 
<laughs> no, I have I have nothing on this. Um, I also was far too young to be watching uh, films in 1985, but um, and I. I don't recognize the name Burt Young either. Um, and I don't have a... Yeah, I can't even think of a sequel that would have come up or come up around that time that would be plausible as an answer. So, yeah, I'm going to tap on this. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, you know, one of the things I love about hosting a trivia show is how young it makes me feel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I saw it in the theaters. I was fifteen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, this it would help if obviously if you knew who Burt Young was. Uh, Burt Young was a uh, gruff guy who played a character named Paulie in all of the Rocky movies. And uh, for this sequel, they decided uh, Sylvester Stallone actually saw this robot. Uh, on TV in some uh, news segment and said, hey, I want to bring this robot into my movie. Yeah, it'd be good for my movie. And he just put it in scenes, and the robot talked and uh, interacted with Burt Young. Uh, this was Rocky Four. There was a robot in Rocky Four. <laughs> I'm there was, so confused. Uh, yeah, uh, it, Rocky is uh, very wealthy at this point in, in having won the title, and uh, he's he's much retired at this point and is just living in his mansion and amongst the gaudy purchases that he has made is of course you know multiple pinball machines because you know pinball was big at the time video game consoles and a robot butler who <laughs> yeah yeah sure yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's one of the it's one of the uh, funny funny things or you know the the Things that are considered to be continuity errors is that the, the robot butler has a male voice at the beginning of the movie and then uh, a, a female voice later in the movie, uh, and it's never explained, and people think it's a mistake. It actually is it's a cutscene in which Burt Young is such a misogynist that he won't keep the robot around unless it talks nice to him. <laughs> so he makes it change its voice. Oh, boy. <laughs> Probably best that that scene was left on the cutting room floor now that I think about it. <laughs> Different times. Different times. I mean, you know, <laughs> the Russians were our enemies. Wait, never mind. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if I can change, and you can change, everyone can change. All right, we're not going to change this category just yet. Sean, you have one question left. Let's round out this category. Question one, are you ready? Indeed. Each season on CBS's Big Brother... House guests are forced to endure barbs and one-liners from what insult comic? I think I've seen one episode of this show once. Um, I'm vaguely familiar with it from just the reality competition sphere, but and I know I've heard the uh, the comic's name, but I don't. Yeah, I, I don't even have a. <sighs> Clue as to where to begin as for a name. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to have to have no answer again. Fair enough. Uh, Nicole, can you steal? I don't think so. Big Brother is one of those things that I can't sit and watch, although I would probably have a lot of fun actually being on the show. I've always, I don't know, wanted to be on a be on a reality show, make an idiot of myself on TV as well as on podcasts, you know? Just... <laughs> But I did not realize that they were subjected to insult comics at any point. The only 
insult comment comic I'm thinking of for obvious reasons is Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, but that's a puppet, not a robot. Um, but yeah, I insult comic robot. Readbot. Readbot. Uh, you know, I think that would probably be more appropriate for RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Library bot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but not a bad guess at all. Yeah, uh, basically when they get closer to the end and the people at home have gotten to know these characters a little better on the show um, and we kind of know where the hatred should go and who should get pretty much red for certain behaviors or whatnot. It's a chance for the producers to kind of let the contestants know subtly uh, what's going on and, you know, read the receipts, as it were. Uh, unfortunately, most of these contestants are not bright enough to figure out that that's what's going on here. Uh, they just laugh giddily as Zingbot comes on and zings them all. Uh, I look forward to the Zingbot episode, much like I look forward to Snatch Game on RuPaul every season. I look forward to Zingbot with Glee because uh, Zingbot has this high-pitched, trill, robotic, tinny voice. And it was just like, Nicole and Sean, you're the worst contestants ever! Zing! <laughs> and I apologize to all of you whose speakers just blew out. Um <laughs> Uh, Zingbot is a delight. Um, a delightful round for me, regardless of the score. Uh, I think Sean probably felt a little more delightful than you did, Nicole. Um, <laughs> score is three to nothing. But before we move on to round two, I like to check in with my guests, make sure the hot seat is hot enough for them. Uh, let us start with you, Sean. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, reasonably okay. <laughs> I, I, got, I got lucky to get the questions I knew the answers to there. There were plenty that I went, uh. <laughs> Yeah, but, I think that's going to happen a lot on this show, but fair yeah. enough. <laughs> and Nicole, uh, no points, but a, a, a big smile, I hope. A big smile. You know, you're wondering whether the hot seat is hot enough. The The hot seat is obviously plenty hot, given that I haven't gotten any of them right. But, hey, I got the movie question right the last time I was on this show, so I was... Reversion to the mean. It's a thing. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, we're going to move on to round two. Uh, big thing to know here in round two is that instead of the one bonus question, there will be two bonus questions. And I've got great news for both of you for this round, particularly uh, today, the one I've chosen. For round two, uh, there is absolutely no way that you are going to have to uh, figure out the answer from the depths of your imagination. This is a multiple choice round. So all the answers are going to be there. You're just going to have to choose wisely. I see looks of terror on your faces. I can't decide whether to be a look of terror or a look of, I might not get goose egged. <laughs> well, let's not, let's not be preemptive there. Uh <laughs> That's why I use the word might. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So this round is called Reality Bites. And here's how it's going to work. I have 10 sets of three reality shows in front of me. So you're going to pick a number. I am going to read you the name and brief description of three different reality shows. Two of them are 100% absolutely real reality shows that have existed. Uh, one of them I made up. 
All you got to do to get the point is to tell me which of these three I made up and is not real. Easy peasy. And uh, I believe I've determined uh, that whoever is in second place gets to go first. And even if that's not what I've determined, <laughs> that's what I'm going with here. Nicole, you are down 3 nothing, so why don't you go first? All right. There were three seasons of Flavor of Love, so let's go with number three. Number uh, three. Uh, Flavor of Love. No, wait. Never mind. That was... <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that narrow the odds? All right. And listen carefully, Sean, uh, because uh, you are going to get a chance to steal if Nicole guesses wrong. Here are your uh, three shows for question three. Ghost Patrol, where intrepid ghost hunting teams from across the country visit haunted locations. And each week, the team with the least compelling evidence of the supernatural gets the boot. The winning team gets their own show on sci-fi. Or, murder in small town X. A killer is on the loose in this immersive competition. The contestants have to figure out who done it. But each week, the contestant making the worst progress is killed off by the murderer. Scream Queens! Bloody and scary challenges await a bevy of aspiring actresses. The carrot at the end of the very pointy stick here is a role in an upcoming Saw sequel awarded to the winner. So which one of these is the fake show? Is it Ghost Patrol, Murder in Small Town X, or Scream Queens? All right, I'm pretty sure that I've actually heard of Scream Queens, so that narrows me down to either Ghost Patrol or Murder in Small Town X being a fake one. I think I'm going to go with Actually, those both like I think I'd be more likely to watch Murder in Small Town X but for some reason I'm feeling Ghost Patrol is hitting me more as a real thing so I'm going to go with Murder in Small Town X being the fake one and the other two being real Alright uh, Murder in Small Town X is real uh, Sean would you care to try and steal uh, sure. Uh, Scream Queens is, in fact, a real show, so I'm, that leaves Ghost Patrol as the other option. And indeed, Ghost Patrol was the red herring here. I made that up, although it sounds an awful lot like every show on sci-fi. <laughs> ghost <laughs> Hunters, that Ghost Adventures show. Uh, I'm sure this could be a show very easily. Yeah, uh, Scream Queens, there are actually two shows called Scream Queens. One was a Ryan Murphy uh, show, which was actually just uh, straight drama, although nothing Ryan Murphy does is straight drama, let's be clear. But uh, uh, he did a show with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Emma Roberts and uh, his usual cast of characters about uh, girls, sorority girls being murdered on campus. Uh, scream Queens, this version was, in fact, just a competition of aspiring actresses who had to scream a lot and get bloody. And uh, there were two seasons, and each winner actually appeared in a, a later Saw sequel. That was the prize. It, it They paid off, and uh, I mean, I don't know who won. It's not like they became big big superstars or anything, but they, they got the prize. Uh, Murder in Small Town X was uh, an actual show. It was actually not that bad. It was uh, very much a role-playing game where the, the contestants went in, and uh, they had to interact with the actors. It was all improvised, and they had to... Uh, see who could guess closest to who the killer is. The winner of the show, uh, unfortunately, and this is why the show didn't actually get renewed, the winner of the show was a New York City fireman who actually passed away at, in 9-11. And so because of that, and out of respect to him, you know, they didn't really do a lot of publicity for the show after that, and they kind of just said, you know, let's just not 
do this anymore, especially because the name of the show is Murder, and you know, you know they had these plans of using him in the plot for the second season, and they're just like, yeah, let's it, it, we just don't want to do this anymore. So, I a little didn't sad. Realize there. that show was that far back, like yeah, yeah, ninety nine or two thousand or whatever it was. Like Indeed. that's that sounds neat, though. It, it, it was interesting. They, had, they set up this whole culture of the town. It was like a David Lynch film. There were these characters called the Sweepers, and they, all they did they were just silently sweep the town. It was <laughs> bizarre. I, I didn't necessarily love it, but uh, it was at least something different. Uh, something different here. Uh, no, actually, same old, same old. Sean gets the point. Moves <laughs> <laughs> uh, the four to nothing here. And Sean, you are up for the next selection. Alright, uh, in honor of season 9 of Belgian Mole starting this weekend, I will go with 9. 9 it is. Which of these three is the fake? The gift! A panel of professional psychics put a group of contestants through a series of experiments to uh, identify which one of them has the gift of clairvoyance, despite the fact that none of the candidates themselves believed themselves to have ESP at all, at least not at the start of the season. The phone. Unwitting contestants are handed a phone, where an anonymous voice sends them on elaborately staged spy missions. The best recruits move on to the next round until just two remain, at which point the top scorer must choose whether or not to betray the other. Space cadets. Contestants are tricked into thinking they are competing to become astronauts. However, actors are playing all of the so-called Russian cosmonaut instructors, and the tasks like balloon animal making, get less and less believable as the show moves on. The gift, the phone, space cadets. Which one ain't real? These are all plausible pitches. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I feel like the phone is similar enough to other game shows and, and reality competitions I watched that I would have been aware of it. But on the other hand, certainly the fake reality show thing has been done a few times, and Space Cadet seems like the sort of thing I would have heard of in that uh, space. Uh, the gift could well be a thing. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the phone. The phone is your guess, and the phone is real. Nicole, the steel, is it the gift or the space cadets that is fake? I'm with Sean. All of these sound like perfectly plausible reality shows. We already know that the phone is real. For some reason, it was plucking a string in my head that space cadets was actually a thing, so I'm going to go with the gift. As being uh, the fake. Sure. The gift is your selection, and I don't know if you have ESP or not, but the gift is indeed the fake, and you are on the board. What's yes! Yeah, there have been shows uh, with psychics, but usually those shows are, are psychics who are actually going on the show saying, yes, I am, I'm a psychic, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to prove it to you. There was uh, NBC had a show called Phenomenon with uh, Chris Angel, I believe, was one, and there was a really cool Australian show called The One, 
where they were all competing to be Australia's best psychic. Uh, Richard Saunders was a skeptic on the panel. That was a kind of cool show there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I made this one up completely here. It sounds like something they would do, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I've yet to see uh, one of those shows from the point of view where the contestants themselves don't think they're psychic uh, <laughs> and still have to try and win the prize. Uh, yeah, the phone, yeah, it was just this show where they just basically recruited people here do this task and if they did well they advanced and at the end they played a giant game of prisoner's dilemma to see whether or not uh, they would get to keep the prize or not and space cadets was a british show where they convinced these uh normal people who wanted to be astronauts that they were actually getting training and they thought that their prize would be that they would actually get to go into space and uh i mean they, the, the winner still got the prize the cash prize just the the, the going to space was more like a uh, a ride at Disney World or something. They, they they tricked them. Yeah, for some reason, the Russian cosmonaut instructor bit, I don't know why I remembered that from somewhere. Maybe on one of the British game shows that I watched, they maybe asked a question about it, but that sounded familiar. There you go, there you go. All right, two questions down. Still plenty of fake reality to come here. Uh, Nicole, you're up. I think I'm going to go with number 10, just because it's speaking to me. Number 10 is speaking to you. Let's hope it speaks to you in a way that you'll be able to figure out which one of these is really real. And which one is also really real. And which one is really fake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I forgot the premise of my own show. Shut up. (laughs) Here you go. Here are your three. Which one of these is not real? Capture. 12 teams of two get dropped off in the woods to play a giant game of tag. Last team remaining, uncaptured, takes home the cash prize. Poker face. Four professional poker players each pick a person at random off the street and get 48 hours to train them how to play the game. The four trainees battle it out in a game of Texas Hold'em with the winner and his or her mentor splitting the cash prize. Splash. This new take on Dancing with the Stars showcases celebrities like Louis Anderson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in a diving competition. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm torn. I don't know any of these off the top of my head. I watched enough poker over the years to feel like I should know that Poker Face is a thing if it were a thing. But on the other hand, (laughs) the idea of a reality show where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is diving just sounds absurd and wonderful (laughs) and absurd so just because i feel like it is a show that i would know existed if it existed i'm gonna go with poker face as the fake okay you think poker face is the fake and well done poker face is the fake you get the point Finally, someone susses out the fake. Well done. Yeah, so uh, Splash was indeed a show. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, they, they, got, uh, they got a bunch of celebrities. Uh, I believe uh, Keisha Knight-Polium from the Cosby Show didn't know how to swim and was also taking part. Uh, that sounds the- unsafe. I think she dove with swimmies or something. Or at least she was terrified to do it and just tried to fight over herself. Yeah, there was uh, Greg Louganis was involved somehow, but that yeah, that's a thing that happened. Uh, and yeah, uh, it was uh, it was no battle of the blades. <laughs> if we're talking hey, 
don't give any spoilers for potential other shows later on. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, celebrity boxing with Danny Bonaducci. Yes. Uh, yeah, and capture. Yeah, that that was real. They they dropped teams off in the woods and had them play tag and. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, sometimes simple is good sometimes simple is kitschy sometimes uh, simple is cancelled after a few episodes but yeah I made out the poker face but doesn't that sound like a good show I, I would watch yeah, that. that Yeah, that sounds like a show that I would seriously enjoy watching I just I'd never heard of a poker show where the professional poker players didn't at least have some time in the sun you know sometimes they were playing against celebrities and then there was that celebrity poker showdown that was just celebrities, but I would watch Poker Face. Alright, I believe Sean is now up. The score is four for Sean, two for Nicole. Sean, what number would you like? Let's go with five. Five it is. Which one of these is the phony? Can you suss it out? We have Forever Eden. Singles flock to an island resort in search of love. The longer they stay, both at the resort and in a relationship the more money they will win. However, if they choose to leave for any reason, they'll forfeit all prizes. Contestants are told the show will last up to three years. Kid Nation. 40 kids aged 8 to 15 are stranded in an abandoned town and tasked with making their own society without the influence of adults. Homesick contestants are free to leave at any time. However, those who refuse to do their chores may also be asked to leave. Siberia. Sixteen contestants are stranded in Russia and must survive on their own through the harsh winter. All those who decide to stick it out will split a $500,000 prize. Unfortunately, the unexpected death of one of the contestants caused this program to remain unaired. Um, as, you were, as you were describing Siberia, I thought, this is a horrendous idea. And then you got to the death, and uh, yeah, that's why. Um, that said, it's absolutely something I could see some network or another green lighting. Um, Forever Eden is almost maybe too gamey. I think I'm going to go with Forever Eden. Forever Eden is your answer, and Forever Eden was real. Nicole, Kid Nation or Siberia? Wow, I was 100% convinced that Forever Eden was the fake as well. So, <laughs> see, Kid Nation or Siberia? I I do agree that Siberia sounds like something that would be greenlighted, but again, I just, I don't know, I have something vibrating in my head. Like, Kid Nation reminds me of something, like... Maybe I'm just making this up, but for some reason I remember people being like, oh my goodness, it's Lord of the Flies in a TV show. And so I'm going to go with Siberia as the fake. Well, I'll have you know that Kid Nation was real. <laughs> Siberia <laughs> would be the fake. Sort of, technically. And here's the technicality for the question. That is the fake one. It is the one I was looking for for the point. However... Siberia and this premise was actually uh, an NBC drama series that attempted to make a drama about a fake reality series. This actually aired on NBC. Oh. Uh, and uh, the contestant, it became supernatural uh, in nature and they went really crazy with it, but they shot it as if it was a reality show. 
Um, and they had to put the disclaimer up at the beginning, this is not real. And then they showed it as if it was a real reality show. And uh, it, it, it was interesting. It was, uh, it was an interesting take on it. It was ridiculous, but it was interesting. So, yeah, uh, the unexpected death of one of the contestants uh, happens, and they all hit the button to go home, and then they realize there's no one listening to them. There's no one there. They've been completely stranded. and then the contestants... They are stuck in Siberia. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then the supernatural stuff starts, and uh, I kind of lost interest because it 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 was kind of cool conceptually at the beginning, and then it was like, all right, now you're just just you know throwing things at the wall, and it's just too much, too much. They were jumping sharks real quickly in that show. It sounds like indeed, indeed, which was also a show where they jumped a shark. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, Kid Nation was real. Yeah, uh, they they got around child labor laws by saying this is really just a summer camp. Uh, and uh, they're not, you know, yeah, we're shooting video of them, but they're actually just doing activities and stuff, and, you know, they're they're having fun. They're, we're not actually giving them a script. They're not acting. They're just being themselves. We just happen to be filming them for supervisory purposes. Uh, so it's it's a child's really... labor version of reality shows being so cheap to make, so they made a lot of them. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, they, uh, or fortunately, I don't know. I, it actually was an interesting show, I will say, because, again, it showed kids setting up their own form of government and, uh, you know, older kids mentoring younger kids, and, and it, it was interesting. But, yeah, if you, if you refuse to do your chores, then the town council could vote you out and send you home and um they'd award a prize uh, each week the kids amongst themselves would say you we 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 are proud of you overcame your homesickness and here's a thousand dollars you know so like it, it was a, it was nice in some respects uh problematic in others and yes forever eden is a real show it did not last three years but they were prepared to run it that long um just like this, there was a show utopia on cbs where they said start your own society you could live here forever oh ratings are down three weeks <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh but yeah they, they this was just they attempted to do twists each week so it was like you know couple a you are together but you must now vote another couple off the show but they're not really voted off the show they will now pick one of you each have to split up and become their partners unless you pick this apple over here in which case that couple will have to do it unless they opened that box over there it was so preposterous and quite frankly uh, i don't know how they ever thought this was going to work but they 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 lasted a little bit longer than than three weeks but uh not much more <laughs> that sounds like the worst choose your own adventure book ever yeah it was it was pretty bad but uh well guessed on your part nicole you are up I will go with Lucky 7. Lucky 7. I'll be the judge if it's lucky. Here is Lucky 7. Still two bonuses out there. We have not yet hit them. And this is not a bonus either. Which one of these is the phony? Beat the parents. Siblings compete against their parents in a newlywed game style series of questions designed to see who truly knows their family best. Born in the wild. Pregnant women with a desire for a more natural birthing experience are given a chance to shun doctors in hospitals and deliver their babies outdoors. Who's your daddy? A woman adopted as a child wants to meet her biological father. A group of potential daddies all compete to see who can convince her that they're the guy she's looking for. If she guesses right, she wins $100,000. If a liar fools her, he gets the cash instead. Wow. All of these sound particularly awful and emotionally manipulative, even by the trash standards of reality television. <sighs> Which means they're all perfectly plausible. 
Uh, isn't and... this a fine statement of affairs, huh? <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Born in the Wild as a fake just because of the... Just because of the liability concerns. You might think that, and then again, you might be horribly, horribly wrong. That is indeed real. Sean, uh, beat the parents or who's your daddy? If I remember correctly, who's your daddy was one of the spate of horrendous Fox one season or less shows in the early 2000s, which leaves beat the parents as the fake. Although that sounded familiar, too, so I could be very wrong. Uh, well, you know, there are only so many original ideas, and none of them exist in reality. <laughs> uh, indeed, Beat the Parents is the one I made up. A point to you, you were up five to three, Sean. Yeah, Born in the Wild. Um, I mean, it's not like they're so far in the wild. They're they're usually very close to hospitals, and uh, you know, if something goes wrong, there are doctors on standby. But yes, these are women who are about to give birth, who just want to experience it outside, and so they agree to get it filmed. I guess they probably get some sort of nest egg for the kid set up as a result, so, you know, win-win, I guess. Not exactly the most exploitive uh, reality show I've seen, and, you know, like I said, there is medical help standing by. It's not like they take them to Siberia and then have them try <laughs> and give birth and get back to society by themselves. Although, I'm sure that might be a sequel for this one. Uh, and yes, uh, Who's Your Daddy, as horrible as that sounds, is indeed an actual show that actually happened. Uh, and then after they aired the pilot, they said, you know what? Yeah, this is even a step too far for us. And they didn't show anything more than the pilot because this is just a really horrific idea. Uh, what is not a horrific idea is Sean picking the next category because we're going strong. Uh, you're up five to three. What do you have uh, next for me on the number list? Let's go with one. Number one is your next trio of potential titles. Which one of these is not real? Bridalplasty. Twelve soon-to-be-brides compete in weekly competitions, not only for a chance to win a dream wedding, but also to win plastic surgeries to improve their looks and impress their grooms-to-be. In Stitches, the journey of three female comics is chronicled by cameras as they attempt to break into the world of stand-up after each one undergoes gastric bypass surgery. The Swan. Women who think they're ugly are given extreme makeovers that include multiple plastic surgeries. Each week, one woman is eliminated, and the rest return to compete again next week after more procedures are done. Which one of these is the fake? And yes, only one of these is a fake. <laughs> again, uh, none of these seems particularly uh, ethical. Um, uh, uh I don't want any of these to be real. Um, let's go with yeah, let's go with in stitches. In stitches. That that sounded to you like it was the uh, least I mean, likely of the three, huh? I, no, but they all sounded equally implausible, to be honest. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. And again, thank you. Uh, you are correct, Sean. That is the phony there. Probably because they couldn't find three uh, female comics who uh, fit that bill. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, also found three people who weren't funny and tried to exploit that aspect of it as well as they went along their journey. But yeah, that one I made up. 
Uh, sadly, both bridalplasty and the swan, where basically women compete for more plastic surgery so they could look even prettier than their own ugly selves, is just, I mean... <laughs> the sad yeah. thing is, is I knew for a fact that both bridalplasty and the swan were real shows. It's... It's saying something. I mean, I'm glad that they didn't last too long, um, but the fact that they did last as long as they did, uh, I believe the Swan might even have gotten a second season out of it. Oof. I mean, it's a step up from... Uh, is it? Is it a step up from Lorenzo Lamas? Are you hot? I, I Probably not. I, it's just... Uh, yeah. That, that was a show, too, you know. <laughs> I don't remember Are You Hot, so I can't tell you whether the swan was a step up. <laughs> uh, are You Hot, uh, people uh, basically came on the show saying, I'm hot, and Lorenzo Lamas would, with a laser pointer, point out all the places on their bodies in which they were absolutely not hot. In fact, they needed surgery. That sounds awful. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet, also, a real show. I mean, come on, folks. Come on. To be fair, uh, since winded awful prevent shows from becoming shows i don't know i guess i just want to live in that idealized world that uh died in 2016 and was on life support probably a long time prior to that but nevertheless i persist and uh, we'll continue on here sean uh, you are winning six to three we still have four questions left in this round believe it or not and still both bonuses are, st- are out there for the taking somebody find them please nicole you're up I think I'll go back to the theme of squares and take number four. Okay, number four it is, and wouldn't you know it, that is our bonus question. So if you guess right, I will then follow up with a bonus. If you guess wrong, I'll still give you the bonus first, but you just won't get two points in that situation. Here are our three potential shows for you on question four. Can't judge a book. A dozen single ladies think the handsome man they're competing to win dates with is a lowly librarian. But in fact, he is the millionaire owner of a major publishing house. Love is blind. Singles go on speed dates in pods where they cannot see each other. After a week, successful couples either decide to go home without ever meeting, or they agree sight unseen to get married in just one month. Mr. Personality. The 20 potential bachelors on this show had to wear masks to conceal their identities. One contestant was eliminated after hooking up with a stripper in an upstairs bathroom during the taping of an episode. For some reason, both Love is Blind and Mr. Personality are sounding really familiar. And I feel like if there were a publisher, librarian, reality TV show, kind of hearkening back to that poker thing, I feel like if there were a publisher, librarian, reality show, I probably would have heard of it. So I'm going to go with Don't Judge a Book as the fake. Uh, Can't Judge a Book was the title, but that's the one you're picking. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm just being very, very uh, hurt here because you're changing the title that I came up with. You are correct. I did make that one up. (laughs) To be fair, I did write can't judge a book in my notebook, and then I laid the pen right over that word. (laughs) Indeed, although there were multiple, multiple shows uh, of the Joe Millionaire type 
where uh, people were not what they said they were. Of course, that was in reverse, where he, you know, they did that both ways, where once he was a millionaire, uh, and he claimed he was in another time where he claimed he was a millionaire, but he was not a millionaire. They also, there was a show called uh, I Want to Marry Harry, where they got a lookalike for Prince Harry and uh, had the girls compete. Love is Blind is actually a big hit now on Netflix. Uh, It was just released a couple of weeks ago prior to this uh, recording here. Uh, Fascinating fascinating show i highly recommend the binge it is fascinating yeah, uh, i these... haven't seen it but for so like that was the one that for some reason i thought i had heard about recently so i'm glad i can contextualize that now as a current netflix show i think i'm also the last person left without netflix but uh, maybe it, i'll it, see if i can bum it off my friend <laughs> yeah it is it, it go it's very quick um uh, in terms of it gets through that speed dating process really quickly and then it turns into okay you guys have agreed to marry in a month let's see what happens i would say twitter had a really nice time over the past few weeks trying to guess which ones would uh survive and which ones wouldn't and uh insane but quite well done uh, yeah, but you get a bonus question. And here is your bonus question. Uh, we discussed Mr. Personality, which was a real show. And yes, one of the contestants was eliminated for hooking up with a stripper in a bathroom during taping. Uh, they had invited uh, a couple of strippers over to the house for the contestants. Unbeknownst to the contestants, the the lone female bachelorette was watching them on secret video to see what they would do and how they would interact with the, the strippers. Uh, and he brought one upstairs to the bathroom and uh, knocked the cameras out and uh, said, no, 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 I, I need some privacy. And yeah, well, anywho, <laughs> your bonus question is who hosted Mr. Personality? Oh, who hosted Mr. Personality? I remember the show existing. That doesn't mean I've seen it or remember who hosted it. Oh, who would be really funny as a host for Mr. Personality? All right. I'm guessing that this was reasonably early, like thinking thinking early aughts as opposed to tens. Oh, who would be the host for Mr. Personality? Thinking of people who were thinking of people who were in scandals, but I can't really see can't really see anyone I can think of off the top of my head who's been part of a sex scandal hosting the show. Ooh, maybe maybe someone who's famous for a sex tape would host that show. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting all these horrible ideas and none of them are the least bit plausible. <laughs> so I'm gonna go... Uh, oh, okay, just... I, I'm talking about like sex tapes and sex scandals, and now I'm gonna take a left turn at Albuquerque, and I'm gonna say the Diet Coke guy, Lucky Vanus. Look, <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, there's a name I have not heard in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Lucky Vanus is hanging out with Left Shark. Uh, <laughs> And Fabio, I cannot believe it's not Bother. Uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately, uh, not the correct answer. Sean, I will give you the opportunity to steal the bonus point. I'm not sure why, but uh, the name Jerry Springer jumped into my head when you asked this question. A very fine guess. No, uh, I think, Nicole, was, uh, you were very much on the right path there. Uh, you veered left instead of right. Um, I, I would say give yourself a cigar, but you didn't get the answer right. The answer is Miss Monica Lewinsky. Oh. oh. That's right. 
I just saw somebody refer to that too, and that's yep. That's the one that she hosted. Yep. Yep, indeed. Yeah, they were creepy masks too, man. They were they were like almost Mexican luchador masks, but they, they were like frozen expressions and, and the guys they got I mean a lot of them were real drips. It was ooh, it was it was painful. It was painful. I watch a lot of reality TV. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> this was still when there were only like seven channels on instead of 107. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sean, you are up. We have two. We have six. We have eight. We still have one bonus hanging out there. Let's see what you can come up with. Uh, let's go in the middle and go with six. Six. It is. Which one of these is fake? Average Joe. A bunch of generic, ordinary-looking guys are eliminated one by one until the last one standing gets a chance to date a beauty queen who is way out of their league. But before they do, the lovely lady can opt out and choose a handsome hunk instead, leaving Joe with nothing. Next to normal. Audiences meet a contestant looking for love and then get to rank seven potential suitors in categories such as looks, brains, and wit. The one who ends up next to normal or in other words, middle of the pack, wins a date, which gets recapped the following week. Shattered! Ten contestants live together in a house and have to do incredibly dull tasks, like listening to books on tape, drinking tea, or sitting on a comfortable couch. Last one still awake after a week wins. Mm. The problem here is... All three of these sound familiar, which can't possibly be correct. Um, uh, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to go with Shattered. Shattered, the show in which people have to stay up for a week uh, as they are tempted by drinking tea and sitting on comfortable couches is, unfortunately for you, very, very real. Nicole, average Joe or next to normal? Well, at the risk of... At the risk of conflating it with Joe Millionaire, I think there were multiple reality shows with Joe in the name, given that it's kind of the generic name just in general American parlance. So I'm going to go with Next to Normal, because if nothing else, I think that concept of the audience voting and finding the person who comes up like you know near the mean... Is a little too highbrow for a reality show. <laughs> well, aren't you a reality show snob? <laughs> <laughs> yes, only like the bottom of the barrel is not bottom of the barrel enough for me. Only the ones that fit below the barrel will do. <laughs> lucky for you uh, you were able to suss that out there were many 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 shows with joe in the title there was i believe there was also a recurring series called joe's versus pros where they got professional athletes to compete oh, i remember in competitions. joe's versus like, pros yeah. I mean, pros versus joe's oh pardonnez-moi forgive <laughs> me for giving the joe's top billing because to me the show was really up <laughs> joe's <laughs> But you are correct. I made up next to normal. Uh, you're right. That is probably a little bit, uh, you know, all kidding aside. Yeah, it's too high concept. Uh, although I do think that would probably hit overseas first and then they would dumb it down and bring it back to America is probably how that would go there. Wow, this game has turned into a nail biter. Sean with six. Nicole with five. Two questions remaining. Uh, two and eight. Which one would you like, Nicole? The figure eight song was always my favorite from Schoolhouse Rock, so let's go with number eight. 
number eight, and you can sing along with me, folks. Pew, 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 pew. This is our second bonus, final bonus of the game. Which one of these three is not a real reality show? Farmer wants a wife. City girls go off to the country to try and win the heart of the titular farmer by competing in events such as apple pie baking and tractor pulls. Monkey business. A woman has to pick one of three bachelors to date based solely on their written answers to her questions. What she doesn't know is that one of the potential suitors is a chimpanzee who is randomly picking slips of paper with pre-written answers. Mama's boys. Three bachelors try to find love from a group of 32 single ladies. However, their mothers are the ones with the final say. In fact, in season one of this show, one of the mothers picked herself as the best match for her son. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, several of these would fit right below the barrel, which means I've never seen any of them, but would probably find them very entertaining. <laughs> as, as bad as the shows can get, for some reason, I still just find it not quite plausible that one of the choices would be a chimpanzee and I, I assume you don't actually have to go like if that were real I would assume you actually don't have to go on the date with the chimpanzee but yeah I think I can't get over the monkey I'm gonna go with monkey business as the fake uh, you are gonna go with monkey business as the fake uh, you are correct that is <laughs> I almost couldn't get through that one without laughing, quite frankly. Yeah, Farmer Wants a Wife. Uh, you know, I thought perhaps you might think that I was just riffing off FarmerOnly.com or something like that. But yeah, that, that, that actually happened. I didn't want to say too much in case I was wrong because of the whole passing thing. I've never seen Farmer Wants a Wife. I've definitely heard of Farmer Wants a Wife. There you go. There you go. And uh, Mama's Boys was, yeah, they got three... Uh, I. You know, I vaguely remember it. I want to say stereotypically very Italian <laughs> boys <laughs> who, whose mamas know best. And yes, uh, there was more than one season of the show. Uh, I think people were just astounded at the end of season one when the mother said, none of these girls are good enough. And my son, I'm picking me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you have a bonus question coming your way. And we are all tied up. So uh, this, 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 woo, this could start to turn the tide in your favor. Uh, here is your bonus question, Nicole. Now, I, as I said, I did make up uh, monkey business. However, I actually stole most of this premise from an actual show. It was just not a dating show. It was one of these spin-offs of another format where uh, a job was at stake for the winner of the competition. Uh, and what the contestants did not know is that the person who was uh, deciding who would go home each week was actually a chimpanzee spinning a wheel with all their names on it uh, and randomly selecting exactly who would go home. Uh, the name they used as an alias for this uh, chimp was N. Paul Todd. Who was N. Paul Todd uh, supposedly parodying or, or being uh, made fun of? Who were they making fun of with the name N. Paul Todd? N. Paul Todd. Hmm... Just because this sounds like a monkey, uh, let's see, uh, and Paul Todd. Yeah, 
Just because this sounds like a takeoff on The Apprentice, I've really got to go with this being a monkey Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, indeed, in fact, Mr. N. Paul Todd is an anagram of Donald Trump. Well, uh, that was my... I stopped, and I am I was like, okay, I can I at least get the word Donald out of N. Paul Todd? And I could, and that's what sold me on it. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, this was basically just uh, an entire uh, takeoff of The Apprentice, and uh, yeah, they basically were saying... Trump's reasons for firing people are completely arbitrary, so we're really going to make it <laughs> arbitrary. And they had they had like a, a board of directors there who were kind of like, you know, giving them the the feedback that they got from Mr. N. Paul Todd, who was way too busy to actually be here, but he's been watching <laughs> them, and he it's his decision. But then you know, at the very end, last episode, they revealed that he was just spinning a wheel. <laughs> and Did randomly... they at least get to take pictures of a cardboard cutout of Mr. N. Paul Todd <laughs> at the end of it? You know, I, I I think a lot of them were a little bit too annoyed to stick around. Quite frankly, <laughs> not gonna happen there. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, that was that. Uh, monkey business, folks. Monkey business. Uh, you have taken the lead, seven to six. But we have one question left. Sean, no pressure, but you have one question to try and tie this up, and then I got If you tie it up, I got to figure out what we do if there's a tie going to the final round because I don't know. <laughs> I was wondering that myself. Now I have a backup plan. Fear not. Fear not. I'm sure it'll happen eventually. Uh, but question two is all that has left you, so let us get right to it. Which of these three is made up? My big, fat, obnoxious fiancé. Randy and Steve just met, and they will split $1 million if they can get their families to attend their sham wedding and sit through the entire fair without objecting. However, unbeknownst to Randy and her family, Steve and his clan are all there trying to sabotage the whole thing because they've been hired by the show. Playing it straight. Jackie wants a husband, and 14 eligible bachelors are here to try and win her hand and a share of $1 million. However, a handful of these suitors are actually gay. If Jackie picks one of them, she not only doesn't get hitched, she also loses her share of the cash. Scam school. Tony will get $1 million if he can get 8 out of 10 students to earn their GED. The catch? Tony is not a teacher at all. In fact, he is a high school dropout himself. Mm, um, I vaguely remember my big fat obnoxious fiance being a thing. Um, which is more than I can say about either of the other two. Um, so I'm probably going to go with one of those. Again, these seem like perfectly reasonable premises. Um, let's go with scam school. Scam School is your answer. And indeed, Scam School does not exist. I only wish it did. <laughs> I just like the idea of, of shows where there's like a twist on the the, the the destructor is not really the instructor there, but they're you know they're actually the contestant, or maybe you pull the wall out from under them and like the te the, the teacher thinks he's teaching students, but the students are also actors and it's just a whole big improv exercise. I just love the whole Joe Schmo of it all. Um, I this... had heard of the other two, but Scam School sounds amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm willing to take offers if you're listening in the mall. Yeah, my big fat obnoxious fiance. Uh, yeah, that was just essentially uh, another riff on that uh, Joe Millionaire thing that Fox did where you try and spoof people. And, and yes, Joe Smo did work. 
Uh, this is different because this this involved feelings. I mean, this wasn't just a game that people were playing, and I just I just I found it offensive. In fact, the uh, the previous question about the monkey business, the uh, name of that show uh, where they used the monkey was actually called My Big Fat Obnoxious Boss. It was a, actually a series of reality shows where they kept trying to <laughs> up the uh, prank level there. And of course, the people on these shows did not know that that was the name of the show that they were on because that was kind of a giveaway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, playing it straight, unfortunately, also was real. Uh, Jackie, uh, I mean, God love Jackie for, for sitting through this. Um, it got towards the end there, and I, if, if memory serves, it, she actually was down to like three people, and the, one of the gay guys was just like, he just bailed. He just like was like, I, I, I can't do this to her. I, like, it's, the money's not worth it. I'm just going to confess, and which was, you know, kudos. Well, we are at long last at the end of round two, and Sean, you have tied it up. Of course you've tied it up. <laughs> what do you expect? Seven, seven. How are you guys feeling as we head into the final round here? A lot better than I was after the movie round. 7-7, uh, seven, seven, guys. 7-7. Seven, seven. Normally, this is the point of the game where we would play the catch-up catch-all, where the person who was behind would get a chance to uh, catch up and perhaps overtake the person in the lead. But since you're tied, well, that goes out the window it's just going to be a head-to-head -head on this top ten list. I'm going to give you a top ten list here, and you will alternate attempting to give correct answers from this list. If one of you gives a correct answer and the other fails to give a correct answer, the one who gave the correct answer will be the winner. If both of you fail to give a correct answer, we will just move along to another round. Understood? Yep. All right. Very good. Sean, since you have moved into the tie, you will get to go first. I have arbitrarily decided. <laughs> Here is the top 10 list for both of you. Top 10 songs that have been played most often by Billy Joel in live concerts since 1971. This is a list compiled by setlist.fm, which does this sort of thing and has... Set list from every concert that every singer has uh, performed over the years and tallied them up. These are the top 10 songs that Billy Joel has performed live in an official concert where he was the main performer, not in any uh, concert where he sings one or two times live or, you know, some sort of special on TV. An actual Billy Joel concert since 1971. This was his set list. These are the songs that appeared on it most often. Top 10. We'll go back and forth until we have a winner, Sean. You go first. Give me that Billy Joel song you'd like to pick. Let's go with Piano Man. Piano Man. I mean, you can't really go to a Billy Joel concert <laughs> and not hear Piano Man, can you? That is number one on the list. Very well done, which means, Nicole, this is an elimination possibility for you. You must give a correct answer to stay alive. Yeah, the only song I had on my list was Piano Man. I don't listen to a lot of Billy Joel. I'm grasping at straws here, but I seem to think there's a Billy Joel song called Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, so I'm going to go with that one. Scenes from an Italian Restaurant is your answer and in fact that is the song that goes a bottle of red a bottle of white and it is also the second most played song at a billy joel concert you stay alive we go back to sean let's uh, i've got a few here um let's go with uptown girl 
Uptown Girl is your answer. And unfortunately, Uptown Girl does not make the top 10, which means, Nicole, here we are. Give me a correct answer, and you are our champion. Oh, can I think of another Billy Joel song? Um, Always a Woman to Me? Always a Woman to Me is a Billy Joel song, but not in the top 10. I am sorry. (laughs) You are still alive, Sean. You are up. Um... There's one I'm trying to remember the title of, and I can't. Um, so I don't I don't feel like this is in the top ten, but I'm certain it's a Billy Joel song. Let's go with, I can never remember which of this is the parentheses, so I'm just going to say both of them. Moving Out, parentheses, Anthony's song? Moving the other way around? Yes, it it is moving out. Parentheses, Anthony's song. Uh, I believe uh, they made the Broadway jukebox musical uh, about uh, Billy Joel and named it "Moving Out." Uh, very very popular song. Uh, most people know it as the song where he goes uh, "Heart Attack, yak 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 yak," and it is number ten on our list. Well done, well done, number ten on the list. Nice, Nicole. Will you be moving out of the hot seat, or can you keep this competition going? Oh, can I think of another Billy Joel song? Um, Watch this not even be a Billy Joel song, but River of Dreams. River of Dreams is a Billy Joel song. In the middle of the night, I'm walking walking in the the river. Uh, unfortunately, that is not a top 10 uh, song on his set list count, which means, Sean, a music question gives you the victory here. Well done. Well done. I will find out how you guys are feeling in just a second. Let me go over the rest of the list for those people playing along at home. Number three, only the good die young. Number four, you may be right. I may be crazy. Uh, number five, Allentown. Number six, it is still rock and roll to me. Number seven, theme song from Bosom Buddies, a.k.a. My Life. <laughs> number eight, Big Shot. You had to be a big shot. Didn't ya? And Nicole, you're in trivia. How could you not have guessed we didn't start the fire? Everybody's oh! favorite list of historical items in chronological order <laughs> i'm re- i'm kicking myself both on that one and allentown only because when you said billy joel songs i scribbled down piano man my next thought was allentown and then my brain was like oh no wait that's bruce springsteen <laughs> oh dear oh dear Oops. Ah, your 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 ats will be on fire. <laughs> Sean, congratulations, congratulations. I will give you a chance to uh, claim your glory. Anything you'd like to say uh, now that you are victorious? Anyone that you'd like to thank? Anything you'd like to pimp? You, you know, the floor for the next few moments is yours. Uh, well, uh, yeah, thanks uh, for doing this. Uh, well played, Nicole. That was a very close match. Beyond that, uh, I don't really have any uh, 
anything to promote. Um, yeah, just uh, I'd like to. Uh, I'm glad I finally got a chance to be on, and looking forward to hopefully doing it again at some point. Absolutely. Well, you know, you've won now, so you've you've, you've proved your medal, especially in, in a category that uh, <laughs> necessarily was not your strong suit. Uh, happy to have you back anytime, Nicole. Uh, where are you going to be this weekend? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, anything you'd like to say before we send you packing? Thank you so much for the game, AJ. Congratulations, Sean. That was a that was a fantastic game, and great job with the music category at the end. And as far as anything, I anything else, um, I don't know how many of you are horse people, but if you are and you're looking for a horse, please consider a retired thoroughbred. I'm on the board of Cantor Chicago, which is a nonprofit here in the Chicago area that helps retiring racehorses find homes. And yes, look into off-the-track thoroughbreds if you're looking for a horse because they're awesome. Thank you both for being here. I know someone who's uh, a little horse. That's me after this episode. <laughs> We'll try and be back again next week. Thank you all for listening. Until then, uh, thank you for listening. And thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll see you next time. Did you beat our guest? Or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. I am instructed to inform you that your behavior yesterday has penalized your privileges for this period. Your punishment is scheduled for 600 hours tomorrow. This is your formal notice, Kilroy. Robato, your statement has no meaning. You are in error. Error? Yeah, your error light is flashing. I have an error light? You mean to tell me you didn't know you had an error light? No deviance, Kilroy. No, no, no tricks. Come on over here, look in the mirror. Over here.